This audio recording is presented by New City in downtown Orlando. I've been reflecting on these questions this week. First, why do so many people like the Christmas season uh, so much? So even folks who wouldn't even call themselves Christians really enjoy the so-called holiday season. So first, why? And second, what? What does this enjoyment of this season tell us about humanity? First, in a word, I think the reason that so many enjoy this time so much is, uh, is connection or connectedness. So think about it. People connect in unique and focused ways with a variety of realities during this time of year. To start with, mo- most obviously, uh, most of us connect in a, u- a unique way and in a focused way with loved ones. We, we either uh, connect with family and friends that we don't get to see throughout the year, or we connect in unique and, and intimate ways with the friends that we live life with throughout that same year. So first, we, we connect with love, loved ones. Secondly, we, we connect with or we live in a more generous society during this time of year. I mean, think about, uh, think about it this way. The media outlets during the holiday season are inundated with stories of people meeting other people's needs. Stories of sacrifices gladly accepted so that others can have joy and health and happiness. And so right now, in relative terms, relative terms, we live in a less self-centered society. We're connecting to a more giving society. Third, although it's busy, I actually think people connect with themselves during this time of year in ways that they don't throughout the rest of the year. Most of us enter into this season with time off at Thanksgiving. Most of us get away from the routine and the monotony of the other 11 months during this time. Most of us will connect with our story in focused ways between Christmas and New Year. We'll reflect on the year past and we'll consider the year to come. Fourth and finally, I think humanity enjoys this season because so many cultures rehearse and tell a story of a transcendent reality that cares about and wants to bless humanity. Think about Santa Claus. This is our culture's version of this story. Even adults enjoy playing along with a narrative where there's a generous and jovial transcendent being that intervenes into the world and gives gifts and blessings. Now, as a side, Christians know that this happens because humans were created by God and we know that we have a capacity for and a desire for and a need to know him. And we know from the Bible that when we're not satisfied in a relationship with him, this capacity and this desire and this need seeks this satisfaction elsewhere. And hence, stories like Santa Claus take a life of their own. So why do I think we enjoy this time of year so much compared to the rest of the year? I think it's the enjoyment of focused and intentional connectedness. First to ourselves, then to loved ones, and then to a more generous society, and finally to that story of a transcendent being that graciously intervenes and blesses. That's why I think we enjoy this time of year, but but what does that tell me about humanity? It tells me a lot about why I don't like the other 11 months of the year. Isolation, fragmentation, loneliness, disconnect. But beyond that, it tells me about my greatest need, and my greatest need is connectedness in all the ways I just described. So now I want to hit the pause on on those reflections, and I want to think for a moment about our call to worship 
More specifically, I want to think about one of the titles given to Jesus in Isaiah 9, 6. So I think it's going to be, I hope, on the screen behind me. Based on where we live in history, based on living on this side of the cross, based on living, uh, living in, on this side of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we clearly know that verse 6 in Isaiah 9 is all about Jesus. Read it again with me. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called. Now, now remember, in the ancient Near East, a name was, was much more than a label. It was a description. And so when Isaiah says that Jesus will be called these titles, he is saying he'll be called these things because he is these things. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. It means one of supernatural wisdom. Mighty God. This is a title only given to God in the Old Testament, and it speaks of his unrivaled strength. Everlasting Father is something like an eternal loving king. The king treats you like a child. And finally, Prince of Peace. So the first three uh, titles describe who Jesus is in his being. He's wise, he's all loving, uh, he's all powerful. But then the fourth title is all about what he does and what he provides because of who he is. The word prince in Hebrew means something like chief or leader. It may be the son of a king, but it doesn't have to be. The best English equivalent we have is administrator, one who administers. Peace is the well-known Hebrew word shalom. Listen to this. Shalom fundamentally means wholeness. Shalom is the bringing together of two divided realities that were designed to be connected. Shalom is connectedness. The Messiah, Jesus, shall be called the Prince of Peace, the Chief of Wholeness, the Administrator of Connectedness. So what does that mean, the Prince of Shalom? In Jesus' day, if you were to ask a Jew, what, what, will, what will the Messiah do when he comes? He or she would say to you, the Messiah will bring or administer God's kingdom. They will bring or administer paradise. And if you were to say to them, in a word, what is paradise? They would say, shalom. And if you said, what is shalom? They would say, wholeness, connectedness, flourishing relationship with God, with yourself, with your neighbor, and in your world. Paradise in the Bible is a relationship. Paradise is connection between yourself and God, between yourself and yourself, between yourself and your society, and between yourself and nature. This is what the Bible calls paradise. And so when the angels announce that Jesus is here, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, they're saying the administer of connectedness is here. The New Testament clearly teaches that Jesus reconciles guilty sinners to God through his life and his death. For example, Paul in 1 Timothy 2.5 says this, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Further, in the New Testament, we, we learn uh, clearly that, that because of a believer's restoration with God, they can be, it is possible to be, at peace within themselves. Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount that if we understand and believe that God is our loving and, and powerful and providing Father, when we understand that and believe that it's ours by grace, Jesus says you don't have to be anxious and you don't have to be fearful anymore. 
Paul teaches in Philippians 4 that we can always rejoice and we can, and we can get to the place where we're never anxious regardless of what's going on around us. And Paul says this is why. The peace of God, the shalom of God that surpasses understanding is yours in Jesus Christ. Connection with God, connection within, but further, the New Testament teaches clearly that because of a believer's reconciliation with God, they can be, it's possible to be, at peace with the other people they live life with. Paul says in Philippians 2 that we can think more highly of other people than we do ourselves. That we can live our lives not one month a year, but 12 months a year serving others and not ourselves. And we can do this because we've been so blessed in Jesus Christ. Jesus says in Matthew 18 that we can forgive people when they sin against us and we can restore the peace and the connection in that relationship and we can do this not to earn our forgiveness for God, but from God, but to live out of the forgiveness that we have in Jesus. Jesus also teaches that when we offend someone or when we sin against someone, we can go to them and we can confess our guilt to them and we can acknowledge what we've done to them. We can say out loud where we're wrong and this will bring peace. And we can do this because Jesus has already paid for the wrong that we need to confess. We can do this because we're already accepted by God and beloved by him and brought into his family, not because we confess this sin to our neighbor, but because we confess the name of Jesus. And finally, the New Testament teaches clearly that one day Jesus is going to come back and when he does, he will physically return and he will bring the new heavens and the new earth with him. And we will enjoy a peaceful relationship with creation. That is nature. So what does Isaiah mean in Isaiah 9, 6 when he says the Messiah will be the Prince of Peace? He means that Jesus, through his advents, will lead us into shalom with God, with ourselves, with each other, and eventually all of creation. And so what does humanity's relative enjoyment of this time of year reveal to me? That we were made for these connections. That we, by and large, because of our sin, have lost these connections. And the greatest possible gift that can be given to us is these connections made for us by grace. And the Bible says that's the story of the Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you that we celebrate the Prince of Peace this morning. We thank you, Jesus, that you came and were cursed for us that we might be blessed by grace. We thank you that you came and restored our relationship with the Father, which allows us to be at peace with ourselves, with each other, and one day at peace in our world. Jesus, we thank you that this came at an incredible cost to you that you were labeled an enemy of God, that you were uh, cast from his presence, that you experienced horrible anxiety and pain, that you were mocked by the people you lived with, that you experienced death so that we can have peace. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help us during this time to understand these things and the world in which we live. Help us to understand all that is ours in Jesus. Give us faith to believe these things and empower us to move forward in light of them. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.